and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. We invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that um, you said if your name be lifted up, you will draw all people to yourself. Lord, we thank you for the sense of drawing that we feel um, and your spirit, Lord, making the Father and the Son known to us in a greater way. We trust, Lord God, as we open our ears to hear uh, like a disciple being taught, just as Isaiah said, you're going to continue, Lord, to cause us to grow in the grace and knowledge of God. So thank you for your spirit. Uh, Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to uh, continue uh, our study on the book of uh, 1 Peter, uh, um, chapter 1, and then the succeeding verses after that. So let me read, uh, starting from verse uh, 3 to 6 of 1 Peter, chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now, um, I believe uh, yesterday, uh, Bishop Ferdy already uh, made some comments on the, the first three verses of this text that we read, verses 3 to 5. And we're going to continue our, our meditation upon the rest of this text that we read from verses 6 to 9. And um, uh, again, as in my own study of this particular text, we know that Peter wrote this particular uh, letter to the scattered tribes uh, of the Jewish believers in uh, Asia and the other regions that... Uh, uh, was enumerated uh, early on in the fir- um, you know, first uh, couple of verses in this epistle. And we sense from Paul's, I mean, Peter's uh, letter to the, uh, to the believers, really a, 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 a pastoral sense no? and one of full encouragement. Why? Because uh, they were going, undergoing through great difficulties uh, wherever they were. And this is a general ep- uh, epistle in the sense of uh, not just one particular congregations, but several <clears throat> congregations in, uh, uh, in, in a scattered region, um, scattered in the region uh, that uh, he was writing to. But he was alluding to the common trials and the common difficulties that the believers were uh, going through no? and the problems. Now, the problem, uh, as I read in the commentary, that these believers were facing was that of uh, being followers of Christ in a culture that was uh, generally pagan, and so when they would be uh, would live for Christ and be a witness for Him, they were not because of their ignorance of this new faith that they were in. 
apparently they were uh, becoming hostile towards them. And unfortunately, that's what happens, isn't it? In a, in a pagan culture that you're living quite differently, uh, although you're not intending to be hostile to the people around you, but yet because of that, they were experiencing persecutions and trials and they were being subjected to cruel treatment. And Peter's purpose in writing to them was to en encourage them that even in spite of these uh, sufferings that they were going through, it was temporary in light of the eternal purposes and the glory of God that he wanted uh, to, to, to reveal to them. And so in the midst of their encourage, discouragement, God will continue to keep them and enable them to have joy in their faith. Now, again, as I made mention earlier, when you're living in a, a society that's ignorant and even hostile to the gospel, you cannot help but feel <clears throat> uh, assaulted, if you will, uh, when you're being persecuted. But yet, Peter is teaching them throughout, uh, not just in this text, but throughout the letter, how to live in submission, how to live in humility, and trusting that God will uh, uphold you in your faith in light of the eternal purposes that God has in mind. And He will provide the grace uh, to enable you to mature and to still keep strong in the community that God's given you. So um, I, I think what we want, we, we understand from this text is this. Peter highlights the promise that God will watch over us and guard us through our faith so that in the end, we will receive what he has promised, the inheritance and the salvation that God has prepared for us. And so, um, as, I, as I meditated upon this text and thinking about what can I, I can share with you, I realize what we're seeing here is uh, how it, important it is that we receive God's promise that he will guard us through our faith so that we will receive the inheritance that God has promised us. You know, that's very comforting to know, isn't it? That the good work that God began in our lives, you know, the new birth that we've experienced, this walk of faith that we're, uh, we're in right now, God will bring completion to it so that this faith that we have is not just something short-lived. Unfortunately, the times we're living in, our, our faith is being assaulted, isn't it? And many people are just wanting to give up on their faith. But here we see Paul is saying, uh, Peter is saying rather, that, um, that uh, if we hold on to our faith, if we don't give up on our faith, we will end up receiving the outcome, the inheritance that he has prepared for us. And so when we understand God's promise to guard us through our faith, then we can respond to guard our faith as well. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a reciprocal relationship, isn't it? It's not just us trying to make ourselves worthy of God. No, it's God starting a good work in us. And what we do in response to that is what God is pleased with. Now, I realize from this text, we can uh, guard our faith. And there's three truths about our faith that I want to highlight to motivate us and inspire us. Lord, we want our faith to be preserved as well and not just be taken down because of the, the trials, the testings, the discouragement. Number one is this. Your faith is your most prized possession. Now, we see Peter comparing or giving an analogy of our faith as more precious than gold. Now, here, you know, if, if we relate it to our present time, we understand the economic uncertainty that we're living in. You know, I, I, I try to follow as much 
of the news globally and locally concerning the economic recovery that we're all wanting uh, to have. And uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be uh, over soon. I mean, we see some signs of hope that hopefully the cases are going down around the world and the economic activity can be uh, uh, restored. However, we understand it's, it's not going to be uh, anytime soon. And because of that, the economic uncertainty is making people, uh, and inflation that's going on, making people afraid of their economic future and also trying for those who have resources to be able to invest in a safe haven. The amazing thing about it is today, okay, and again, as I said, I have to review my economics, okay? Uh, as I read some of these other uh, economic uh, forecasts, many of them are saying that gold is still the most uh, safe haven, if you will, for, for investment, okay? Uh, I know there are products like uh, Bitcoin and other things. So again, uh, I, I don't want uh, to presume to know what's going on. I have to read on it, I think, because some people do read up on it as, you know, for investment. But uh, I, I do remember maybe uh, some people have the ability to invest, but uh, most probably don't. In fact, uh, in the middle of the pandemic, I remember even some of our, uh, the people that we know, even our own household helpers were telling us, nung nagpapanik buying, well, hindi kami nagpapanik buying, nagpapanik lang kami. And I realized many people don't have the resources that others may have. However, having said that, you may not have, you know, the economic resources, but you have something more precious than gold, as Peter says here, and that's your faith. And I want to encourage you that uh, when you have your faith, then anything else, okay? Yes, God will provide for us. Yes, God, but you have something more precious than gold. Because gold, as precious as it is, I remember one, one uh, preacher said this. Think about this. If you discovered gold in an archaeological finding, it's still going to have value, isn't it? Uh, the gold then is still the gold now. However, gold, even though it is a precious metal, it is still perishable. But your faith is not perishable. It's something more precious than gold. So let's, let's, uh, let's be, uh, be grateful that we have something more precious than any other material wealth in this world. And of course, and that is our faith. Number two, your faith is refined through testing. Um, and again, uh, you know, uh, what little I know about uh, met metallurgy, uh, metals usually are refined through different processes and gold in particular and silver as well. We see that in scripture and I'm sure you can study it. You know, uh, when, when, people, uh, when, when metals are going through heat treatment, it actually gets uh, more, more pure. And that's really what uh, uh, Peter is using as an analogy here for our faith. Uh, he says, as gold is refined and purified through fire, so our faith is also refined and strengthened through testing. Now, I don't know about you, but that word is just such a difficult word in this hour. Why? Because we've gone through so much diverse testing. I don't know of anybody in this world who has not experienced testing. My wife and I and our family has gone through diverse testings. And uh, it brings about, he's, uh, Peter says here, Though, you know, some of you may have been grieved. Uh, I believe all of us have experienced grief and sadness in various ways. And that there's something about testing. Not it's, yes, there's 
uh, testing through persecution, but there's also testing through adversity. And many of us have gone through that, myself included. And when you go through testing, not only does it bring grief, it can actually cause your faith to be shaken, isn't it? And as I said earlier, some people just want to give up on their faith. And, uh, and, and um, the enemy will try to steal your faith. But you know what's interesting here? Peter's perspective, uh, he's not just giving an exhortation that he doesn't uh, just know theoretically. Remember, Peter has a unique experience. He denied Jesus three times. But remember, when, Pete, when Jesus was telling Peter, you're going to deny me, but you know what? I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have been restored, bring encouragement to others. So Peter is speaking from a unique experience. And that is, he, he, in a way, his faith was shaken to the point that he denied our Lord Jesus Christ. But the good thing is this, Jesus restored him. In fact, three times in John 21, Peter said, I mean, Jesus said to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I do love you. Then feed my sheep, you know, uh, feed my lambs and take care of my sheep. It's like Jesus reversed G Peter's denial three times with the question, Peter, do you love me? And brothers and sisters, when you think that you're on the brink of giving up on your faith, remember Jesus prayed just like he prayed for Peter. He's praying for you and me that our faith would not fail. And I believe the, the, the faith God's given us will be refined. It's not going to be destroyed by the enemy. And so, um, um, you know, so that's, that's the second truth that we learn about, uh, the, 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 about our faith. And finally, number three, it is through faith um, that your soul will be saved. Again, he says here, you're receiving in the midst of the trials you're going through, you're receiving the goal of your faith, which is the salvation of your souls. Jesus said this uh, in one of the Gospels. He said, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? See, your soul and your faith uh, really go together because it is in your soul that, where your faith resides. Faith is a gift from God and we are all given a measure of it. But if, if you don't exercise your faith, you won't be able to receive what the what the Lord has provided for us. See, Jesus died for the whole world. And yet it's only those who appropriate Jesus' saving work who will receive salvation, isn't it? Um, and again, uh, and, and this is a mystery, you know, and, and people have debated this. Uh, did Jesus die only for those who are saved or did Jesus die for the whole world? I, I think it's clear to me. John 3, 16 says, God so loved the world, so that's the entire people that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in them should not perish, but have eternal life. But see, there's a qualifier. Um, Jesus saved everyone through His death and resurrection, but it's only those who appropriate it by faith, through their repentance and faith, who will receive salvation. So it's not automatic. You know, people will still reject, unfortunately, uh, the saving work of Christ. And when we stand before God, uh, there will be those who will receive salvation and eternal life. And there will be those who will not be in eternity with Christ because they rejected the save, the, 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 what Christ did on them. So again, as, as I close, I want to just encourage every one of you, let's guard our faith because it is our most precious possession. Even though we go through diverse testings, don't see it as God bring, wanting to 
destroy your faith. That's what the enemy wants to do. On the contrary, God refines our faith through testings. It's proved genuine when you go through adversity. And finally, as you hold on to your faith and as you allow God to keep your, your faith strong, you will see in the end, it'll bring about the salvation of your soul. So let me, let me pray for you as we end our time. Father, I bless my brothers and sisters. Lord, let them know that um, you've all given them a measure of faith. For you said it is by grace that we have been saved through faith, uh, not by works. It is a gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Thank you, Lord, that our faith is our, our most precious possession because it comes from you. And as we exercise and as we respond in faith to your word, we will receive what it is that we've believed you, um, that we have believed you for. So thank you, Lord. Renew our faith today. In Jesus' name, amen. The same hands that hold the sea Still my soul and quiet me The same hands that hold the sea Still my soul and quiet me You never let me go You hold me You hold me Have a, have a great day today. May the righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit be with you. That is the kingdom of God. God bless you all. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this helps you build a habit of hearing from God daily. For more messages like these, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch these messages live every morning, visit us on facebook.com slash victoryph.